Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. And before we begin, I would like to let you all know, little announcement, White Label American is now on TikTok. Yes, I beat the bullet and finally signed up. So make sure you follow and share our videos. They're not many for now, but you know, they will increase with time. And uh, yeah, show support, show some love. So TikTok out of the way. Have you given us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts? You know, that's the biggest podcasting platform. Takes less than two minutes to do that. You don't need to be um, listening to us on Apple Podcasts. All you need to do is just open um, an account there. And if you don't know how to do that, just go to our website, click reviews, and you can easily get into Apple Podcasts from there. www.whitelabelamerican.com Easy access. And if you listen on Spotify and you haven't given us a five star, what are you doing, man? Even if you don't have, uh, even if you don't listen on Spotify, all you got to do is just open up um, whitelabelamerican.com. Oh, sorry, White Label American podcast on Spotify. Play it for like two minutes and give us five star, you know. We're also available on uh, Good Pods, the app. And um, yeah, we're everywhere. But um, yeah, everywhere you listen to, make sure you're giving us a five star and write awesome reviews because, you know, if we're not getting that five star, the algorithm discriminates against us. We are an indie podcast. We have to go spend money that we, you know, we don't have. So yeah, also give us money. You can donate, hit that donate button on the website or you join our Patreon for as low as $3. There's loads of bonus content up there, you know, just... Um, this um yeah a few weeks ago we just look, put up a video you know the other you know, nobody else can see it so there's videos up there there's loads and loads and loads of bonus content so check it out and don't deny yourself all right so with that being said got that out of the way let's meet today's guest i've known this gentleman for how many years now can't even recall but Ten. Probably more than 10 years. Right? Yeah. <laughs> on Facebook. Yeah, on Facebook. So it is this yeah. our first official face-to-face. Yeah, well, our first official face-to-face. Very nice to meet you, finally. <laughs> uh. So today's guest teaches at the uh, University of Tennessee. He's an associate professor of Spanish. He has great ties to a country in South America. He'll be telling us all about his history. And we come, we both have ties, you know, uh, soccer brought us together. So, you know, but we officially call it football here. We don't do the soccer thing, you know, but you all know what we're talking about. So without much further ado, welcome to the show. Alvaro A. Ayo, you know, if we're going by the Yoruba pronunciation, we'll say Ayo, but uh, how, how do you say it? Ayo, perfect pronunciation. Oh, Ayo, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, Ayo, so you, you go with the Yoruba too. 
So welcome yeah, to the yeah, show. Yeah. But you know, I, I always love calling you Triple A. So I, I have to remind myself that I almost just said Triple A. And I was like, oh no, no, I gotta go with your official. You, you can call me Triple A. <laughs> yeah, brings back great memories. Yeah. So how are you doing today? Yeah. I'm doing great. Uh, thank you for having me. I know it's been a while, but yeah, yeah. Finally, we get to to meet. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> and and we, we're still we're still. Going to have our official palm wine drinking, you know. We're still going to have that palm wine drinking eventually. One of these days. One of these yeah. days. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so before we dive into your origins and your story, uh, do, do you remember how we, we became friends on Facebook? I don't remember the name of the... What is it? The, the 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 site? No, it's not a site. It's a, a oh the the group, the group. Yes, yeah. exactly. Uh huh. Do you remember the name of the group? Oh, was it the uh, the ball is flat? Oh, the ball is flat. Exactly. And a Cuban guy started the yeah. group. Yeah. Oh, he passed away. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yes. Armando. Armando Garcia. Yeah, Armando. Oh, blessed memory. Awesome guy. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic gentleman. And for a while, it was a really good group, right? We had yeah. a lot of people, and yeah, and soccer was what brought us together, and it was fun, yeah. But back then, everybody was on Facebook. Yeah. That's so long ago, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, my Armando brought many people together, and uh, ah, that's one of those things, uh, we, we were in talks, and I was like, man, I, I, I got to come sit down with you, and we'll have a beer. He was a person that made me um, uh, I have a soft spot for Espanol, you know, because <laughs> he, he was an Espanol supporter. And he also had a soft spot for Real Madrid, but he, he was just a nice gentleman, all in all. Yes, he was. Yeah, yes, he was. You know, it was what well, was one of the shocks of my life when, I, uh, when he passed away because it was just out of the blues and yeah, yeah. it was very sudden yeah it was very and, sudden yeah yeah and uh the group the group never recovered again they never recovered think, after yeah. that no i don't think it, it yeah after that it was it was not the same right mm -hmm. no nah, it wasn't the same same without armando yeah that's yeah. that's yeah uh, but yeah, but he 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 brought a lot of good people together. Yeah. So let's officially get to meet you and know about your story. So you have three names beginning with the letter A. So <laughs> what are the meaning of your names and what's the story behind your name? Uh well the they're they're Spanish names, Alvaro Antonio Ayo. Uh Alvaro, I think it's a it's a it's um, a Germanic name. I think uh, it's related to warrior, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, the the part of uh, so it's spelled it's spelled A L V A R O, and the V A R part is related to the English word uh, word uh, for I mean war. It's oh. So, so it's there. Antonio, well, I'm I'm not really sure. It's I guess it's 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 a Roman and Latin name. And Ayo, it's a Basque last name. Hmm. And 
most Basque last names are um, geographical uh, references. So Ayo means uh, slope. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So it's okay. not a name. But there's also a word in Spanish, Ayo, yeah. which means uh, teacher. So it's perfect for me. Wow. It's the <laughs> yeah. Ayo, yeah, it actually, it's more like tutor or mentor. Yeah. But, so, yeah, it, it, I guess it fits my it, career. It does. <laughs> yeah. So, now I'm, I'm curious to uh, find out what Ayo in Yoruba means. Yeah. What What does it mean? Because I, I know I, I, I don't. it's very I, common in Africa, right? Yeah. But I think it's a first name, not a last name. It, I've only known it as a first name, but it's... Uh, What's it called? It's it's not. Ayo is, um, it's not the full name. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm I'm trying to re remember the full name. I'm not Yoruba, so, uh, but uh, let me see. Can I recall any Yoruba the full names? But I know Ayo is like the the Ayo Bade. So yes, yeah, so it's, it's yeah, three letters added to the full name, or is it three letters? It could be there's some IOS that are like the last three letters also of a name. So mm -hmm. yeah, of some Yoruba names, but the IO is always the short, shortened version of the name. So if you ever meet oh, okay. a, an IO, you know that the person's name is longer than than just right. Ayo, yeah. So, okay. but I just don't recall what Ayo is, uh, the meaning. Of it. I know that Ayo is also, it's also some kind of greeting in Indonesian, if I'm not mistaken. Oh. Also a last name found in Northern France. So, I mean, if you think about it, it's a pretty basic combination of, of sounds. So it doesn't surprise me that, you know, you find Ayo in other languages as well. So yeah, but my last name is is of Basque origin. My grandfather was Basque, and uh, yeah, he moved to he migrated to to Bolivia. I think in the late 1800s, early 1900s, or mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, so that's how my family because Ayo is not a very common last name. If you if you meet on Ayo, say from Spain or Latin America, yeah, uh, or related to me, yeah, because it's it's not a very common uh, common uh, last name. Wow. Okay, good to know that. Oh, I just googled Ayo in Yoruba. It means joy. Oh, that's an, okay. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you yeah. so you add that to your to your list of Ayos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so you've already alluded to um, part of this answer, but um, officially your your place of birth. Can you introduce your place of birth and your and what childhood was like for you? I was born. I like to say that I was born in a country that no longer exists. Is it's West West Germany? Of course, now it's just Germany. Yep, but. 1967, when I was born, I mean, you know, it wasn't during the Cold War. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 
it was West Germany back then. And uh, so, yeah, but my parents are from or, originally from Bolivia. My father was um, studying in Germany and that's how I was born there. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, but I think I was about three months old when my mom uh, went back to South America. So I never really had oh, to. Oh, so you, yeah, you barely stayed there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, I never stayed there. But I, I, I learned some German along the way. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's a fascinating country. So hopefully one of these days I'll, I'll be able to go back to where I was born. Yeah. What, what's the name of the, your city of birth? Uh, it's Tübingen. Tübingen. It's in, yeah, in southeastern Germany. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh huh. It's pretty much a college town. My father went to school there, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds like my my wife's uh, town. Uh, she's from Münster, northwestern Germany. It's also a college town. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I've been there a few times. So your childhood was in Bolivia. Um, I I grew up in in La Paz. The uh, so back when I was yeah, it used to be the largest city in Bolivia. It's not. It's no longer the lar largest city in Bolivia. Santa Cruz really? is oh. now the largest city. Uh, but La Paz is still the government seat. It's not the capital. The capital yeah. of Bolivia is, is is Sucre, but. Um, oh. Paz is the government seat. Yeah, there was a civil war, if I'm not mistaken, in 1899, and that's how they pretty much uh, solved the the civil war. Uh, Sucre remained as the capital, but the government seat was moved to La Paz. La Paz. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I okay. I grew up in, I grew up in the Andes. It's uh, everything that relates to La Paz is the highest, what have you, in the mm -hmm. world. So, yeah, we have now the largest uh, and highest uh, cable car um, system. Uh, so this is relatively new. I think it's about 10 to 12 years old. So, uh, but yeah, everything in La Paz is always the highest because... <laughs> <laughs> So. The elevation is the elevation is unreal. Wow! Like, uh, when I go back home, the first few days I have to I have to take it easy because yeah, yeah, so. yeah the <laughs> lack of oxygen, lack of oxygen is 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 yeah. It, wow! It's a thing. Yeah, it's a thing. But mm -hmm. as a, as a child, you know, you don't really know that because you know you grow up in there, so you acclimatize to that already. Exactly. And, and, and I always make fun. I, I used to make fun of people who, who would complain. I mean, you, you follow international soccer. Yeah. For instance, <laughs> Argentinian teams, or Brazilian teams, they have to play in La Paz. They complain months and yeah. months. Oh, it's impossible to play in La Paz. It's a crime. They, they, uh -huh. But hey, it's the, you know, that's where our main stadium is. And mm -hmm. that's that's where uh, where we want to play. So, yeah. yeah. There's yeah, especially Argentinians. <laughs> I mean, so much, 
and they usually do badly. And I think it's because it's a psychological. Thing. Yeah, it's 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 now psychological. Teams, yeah, other teams they you know they just go to La Paz and they get good results, but normally Argentinian teams do very poorly in La Paz. In La Paz. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember that when was the first time I I got to notice the um, geographical advantage. I think it was World Cup qualifiers for USA '94, and mm -hmm. uh, when Bolivia beat Argentina by was it six six goals to one or five goals to nothing or six goals to nothing? Yeah, but I think that and was for the. 2006 World Cup, World Cup, if I'm not mistaken. No, there was, there was a big trashing for USA 1994, if I'm qualifiers, too. We, we, oh, we, no, that was Colombia trashing uh, Argentina. That, yeah, exactly. But okay. we, we beat Brazil, I think, for the first time in qualification games, World Cup uh, qualifying games. That was, I think, the first time Bolivia beat Brazil uh in 90 the, uh, what 94 qualifiers 93 yeah for yeah the 94 yeah uh, and so, I, i was back in nigeria getting you know reading my sports papers and it was, i was like what and uh, i think I, the, the argentinian complaints that <laughs> got to see the coverage in sports papers and i was like wait there's uh what are you complaining about because we used to our own Uh, drama there because this was back when um, not many African players were overseas. So if West Africans were playing, North Africans, North Africans would have the game towards um, late in late at night in their country. So it's much cooler. And West, if they were coming to play West Africans, West Africans would set the game like noon. Or Central Africans said it at noon. So I thought it was just the same thing to me. That's why it's, I was like, why are they complaining? You know, that we, we do it here too. You know, that's our own type of thing. And I, I didn't realize that, oh, it was a little bit a little bit different than that. It was, <laughs> it was <laughs> something. Yeah, and uh, Brazilians do the same. Colombians do the yeah. same. They play at noon and they usually... Mm -hmm. They usually select cities that they know. I mean, they're they're really usually very hot cities, very yeah. warm. Cities. So yeah, I mean, uh, they do the same. Uh, it is yeah, but it is true that playing in La Paz can be can be taxing. Oh, it is. It, I, I bet it is. Especially, especially now that um, everybody has um, most of the teams have players outside of the continent. And then you're flying them all the way from Europe, coming back to South America. Then you, you, you don't have time for the acclimate, uh to acclimatize. So it's yeah, no, just flying on the day of the game, play and get out. That's just what many teams have done recently. It, it's uh, they usually send their B team to play in La Paz because they know they're not gonna get a good result, yeah. and they their best team to play, you know, at, at more quote-unquote uh, <laughs> places. So, yeah, uh, but, yeah, so there, there are ways around it, I think. But, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's always ways around everything. I mean, if if back in the days there, there were still teams achieving results, <laughs> when it was the 
the African qualifiers and we're all doing our craziness. I mean, the team still achieved results. <laughs> Went away to achieve results and then um, I know it was for the USA 94, no, no, USA, um, Italian 90 qualifiers. The, uh, that was like the first time uh, Nigerians thought Nigeria would qualify for the World Cup and they they got the result away. Was it Cameroon? Oh, no, it was Algeria. Algeria had been the team that had always uh, was like stopping Nigeria. And then Nigeria knocked Algeria out of the way and it looked like, oh, yeah, finally, you got your arch nemesis out and then Cameroon knocked Nigeria out. <laughs> yeah. So all the focus had been on taking out the North Africans and then the guy next door was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> that took you out. So it, it does happen. Every... <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably hard for, say, Nigerians to play in, in, in Algeria, right? Or in Northern Africa. That matter anywhere in order, northern uh, Africa. I, I think now it's not. Back, not so much. Yeah, back then it was. Uh, I think it was like because even when Nigeria qualified for her first World Cup, US '94, it was in Algeria we qualified. The last game to qualify was in Algeria. I stayed up all night to watch the game, and Nigeria just needed a draw. And yeah. the Algeria, Algeria had been knocked out of qualifying, but. The, the rivalry was still there, so they had to do their thing, and they, they set the game around midnight. <laughs> now, in, in 94, Rafael, where were you? Were you still in Nigeria? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. So, do, do you remember the Argentina-Nigeria game? That was a pretty good game, right? Oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes. I was, I, I was very angry with that. Very, very angry with that game. <laughs> uh, I was. Who who was in the Nigerians? Was Yakini in that team? Yes, or... Yakini. Uh... Taribo was was. No, Taribo not... West was ninety eight. He was. Yeah. yeah, he was. So 98. who who else was? Who else? Who else? Um, Nigeria ninety four. I remember the Yakini. Finiti Judge. Is... Finiti was there as well. Daniel Mokachi, Samson Siasia. Um, Sondi Olise, um, Uchi Okechuku, Peter Rufai was in goal. Oh, Rufai was, was like, he, he was in goal in 98. I want to hear, I want to hear you pronounce the names again. Uh, pronounce them, uh, but like, oh, oh, yeah. Peter Rufai, Daniel Mokachi, uh, Uchi Okechuku, who's now a hunter, he's now a professional mm -hmm. hunter back home. Um, Finidi, yeah, George Finidi. George Finidi is my man, and uh, that's my man. Uh, he's also my tribes person. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah. I I, I remember uh, Finidi when he played with uh, for Ajax. Yep, that that yes. was my beginning of uh, club football, like really following really? European club football. Beginning to support yeah. a team was with Finidi George. And then. And then Finiti played for Betis. Betis, yeah. And he had a special celebration. Whenever he scored a goal, there was a guy. I think the, the in one of the I think it was the southern uh, the south uh, what is it south curve, who would have a special hat for him. Yeah, they, they always had a hat for him. Yeah, exactly. So the guy was already <laughs> whenever Finiti scored, he already had the hat. Uh. He already had the hat ready, and yeah, Finiti would. Uh, but uh, but yeah, that was that, that was a good team, wasn't it? But Okocha, no, Okocha is too young, right? Okocha was, was on the team. He was uh, 
Okachazo has never been a favorite of mine, but which is like blasphemy to many people. But uh, I think that was the US 94 showed the problem of uh, where my problem with Okocha began. <laughs> wow. He was a very skillful player. Oh, the skills was not in doubt, but that, that was a problem. He, oh, okay. He was a problem. Player. He needed no. He needed somebody to to tune, fine tune the skills for him, so that he knew when to release the ball. <laughs> oh, I see what I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I love skillful players, but in doing too much with the ball is, uh, yeah. So, who else is from your 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 ethnicity? Some something Siasia is a distant relative. Oh, okay, yeah, we might, we I might. Remember. I have a cousin who is much closer to, who's much closely related to something. Yes, it has the same name, but, but we are we are much closely related. So it's something. Yes, didn't didn't Siasia score the goal against Argentina? No, did he? I think he did. Oh, was it something? Yeah, I think it was something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was a good game. It was, was a good game. game. Yeah, that was a good game. very tense. That was and... Diego Maradona's last World Cup game, too. Because after that he game, he, he got banned. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, do you think they could have won? They could have won if he hadn't been, if Maradona hadn't uh, been banned? I think they could have. I think they had. Ah. Huh? I don't, the, the, the lack of experience on that. I mean, the two goals we considered were just. Pure lack of experience. It was the first World Cup. The rookie mistakes were there. We missed a lot of chances, but Argentina missed quite a lot of chances too. So as a rookie, as a teenager then, you know, the patriotism was high. And I was, I was, nah, I was, I was if you interviewed me back then, I was, I was saying a lot of trash against as Argentina. But looking back now, you know, like the game against Italy, Nigeria should have won that game, but it wasn't. I agree. Yeah, but agree. the ex lack of experience just—that was what it, Italy just used the experience to win that game. That's all. Yeah, yeah and and Baggio had an inspired game. I mean, he was, yeah, the divine ponytail. He had one of the. He had one of the, one of his best best games. Yeah, but right? that, he was my favorite. Though I wasn't mad that Italy won. I wasn't mad that they won that game. Because I was, no, I was a big, Nigeria, I'm a big Italian fan, but yep, yeah, I love the, I love Roberto, Roberto Baggio, I loved him. But anyway, we've gone too far into soccer. I know some listeners gonna be like, "What are they talking about?" These people, uh, we, we want to hear I'll, about I'll, this. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll wait for, for your questions. <laughs> I'm <gonna ask> you. <laughs> so, returning back to your childhood, yes. So you you got to um, enjoy La Paz, you know, you're having a great time there. What would you consider your favorite childhood memory to be? Um, and it could be more than one, if you would like to share. I don't know. I mean, back then, all my relatives were, were still alive. So I remember, uh, you know, all the family reunions very fondly. Uh, those are probably, I don't have a specific uh, anecdote or specific event, mm -hmm. but it was getting together with my cousins and my uncles and, and aunts and my, my paternal uh, grandmother was still alive. So yeah, 
So I just remember, you know, my complete family being there. And uh, so, yeah, I think those are my, my best memories are related to our family related. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, of course my friends and La Paz was a very safe city back then. Still is considering that it's, you know, it's a large urban area. But back then, I mean, we just moved all over the place. We just, and just using public transportation. And I was probably, you know, eight, nine years old, just just moving around the city uh, by myself or with friends, just taking public transportation. So that's another thing that, um, that I kind of miss, you know, that yeah. sense of, of, of security, of safety, yeah. right? still there again La Paz like I was saying it's not a dangerous city per se but um but yeah I remember that as well just being feeling very free and very protected by the city itself so yeah very very safe I had a very safe uh uh childhood I think and yeah Mm -hmm. so it 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 sounds like you you had a you describing community I think so. I think that would be a good good word to describe everything I just uh, to yeah to categorize everything yeah. I just a sense of community. A sense of community, yes. Which I usually get when I go back home, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I you know I get together with my friends and with my relatives, you know, the the ones that are still around. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I do get that sense of community every time I go to Bolivia. Um, so I tried to go at least once a year, but because of the pandemic, I hadn't been back to Bolivia since um, 2019. Mm. It's been a while. I'm going in December. My mom is just going crazy. If I don't go in December, yeah, he's going to disappoint me. Yeah, she's just desperate. Yeah. My, I want to see my mom particularly. Yeah. Uh, but of course, my I have two younger brothers. and, and uh, But yeah, it's mainly... Mainly, mainly, I go, I go see my mom. <laughs> hey, nothing uh, wrong with that. So your yeah. younger brothers are also over there. In La- Pardon me. I say your younger brothers. They're also over in La Paz. They they live in La Paz. Yeah, okay. they there mm-hmm, with my mom. Mm-hmm. Most most of my family lives in Bolivia. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah, some most in La Paz, but some in Santa Cruz and some in Cochabamba as well. Cocha, I'm trying to get the pronunciation. Cochabamba. Cochabamba, very good. Cochabamba. Yeah, okay. Third, third largest city in Bolivia. Wow. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that that name sounds indigenous. From it, it is. It is Quechua. It is Quechua. Quechua. Okay. Yeah, it's one of the main uh, pre-Columbian languages still spoken in Bolivia. Hmm. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Bolivia has. Okay, obviously Spanish is one of the official languages, but if I'm if I'm not mistaken, uh, about twenty five to thirty indigenous languages uh, are also considered official, and they're usually taught uh, wherever they're wherever they're they they're spoken. Yeah. So uh, Quechua is the main language in Cochabamba, but in La Paz is Aymara, which is another indigenous language. And they're not related to each other at mm. all. It's like very similar to Africa, right? With all those languages yeah. that are yeah. most of them are not related to each other, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. And sometimes 
In Bolivia, you have Quechua speakers living right next to Aymara speakers, and many times uh, those people are, 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 you know, they speak several languages, kind of like uh, in Africa, right? Because yeah, there are people who speak. How many languages do you speak? Right? I'm, not, I'm not one of those. I'm, I was, oh, you're not? I was properly colonized, put it that way. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I used to speak. Yeah, I used to speak multiple when I was a kid, and then um, I became a good subject and said I want to be a royal British subject. So I I, I stuck to English. Well, family beat it into me. Well, family was worried about my English not mm -hmm. sounding good. So yeah, they they didn't like that I was speaking multiple languages. And then, you know, when I became a young adult, I found out that almost everybody in my family spoke like three to four languages. And I was like, exactly. That's, wow, that's why were you all mad at me when I was a kid speaking three to four languages? Everybody yeah. was like, what? What? Who Who was mad? I, I don't I don't recall that. Like, well, I recall the yeah. beatings. I was the one receiving the beatings. So. <laughs> 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 I remember. Yeah. But hey, you know. So, um... Still sticking to, um, yeah, staying with your your days in Bolivia, um, you got to be around your paternal grandmother, right? Yes. And yeah. so I'm I'm wondering. Uh, I always associate grandparents with storytelling. Mm -hmm. So, do you have? Any story, do you remember, when it comes to storytelling, what is the first story that to you made an impact or has always stayed with you? Uh, a story that my grandmother... It could be uh, from your grandmother or it could be from anyone in your community. I just use your grandmother as the... Right. Yeah, as the starting point. Believe it or not, it was years later talking to on uh, my aunt, my father's sister, who and she's pretty much the storyteller in the family because she had the chance to live with her mother and with her grandmother. Mm. Uh, so she has really interesting stories uh, from, you know, maybe 100 years ago. Uh, so one of them that I learned later in life is that uh, my grandmother, when she got married, and this was probably what, uh, let me think, uh, maybe, yeah, maybe uh, early 1900s, uh, she was 15 or 16 years old. And her husband, my grandfather, was a judge who was probably wow. in his mid 30s. Uh, so there was a huge age gap there. Mm -hmm. And she tells me that her, her uh, grandmother, my great-grandmother, um, would call her husband uh, Senor. That was, the, I thought that was very odd, right? So yeah, because of the age difference, I'm not really sure. It's just, you know, just a different time. Yeah, uh, it was. I think... Uh, but yeah, and uh, it was very hard to move from one city to another. It would take days and they would travel in carriages. Cars were 
you know, a, a luxury. Not everybody had uh, cars, even even a judge like this gentleman. Mm-hmm. He, he was actually a member of the Supreme Court. So he had to move from Santa Cruz to Sucre. And I don't remember how long it took, but according to my to my aunt, it was, you know, just probably several weeks. So it was a pretty painful uh, traveling was 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 not easy. Uh, so those are some of the stories that I thought were very interesting. But those I never heard uh, those stories when I was growing up. This was later in life that uh, I found out all those details about my ancestors. Right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. yeah but- and also, my mom has some stories as well um, uh, from her grandparents. Yeah. Uh, her grandfather was in the it was in the military and he retired but he was he uh had to go back uh during the paraguay bolivia war in the 30s cuz they really needed somebody with his with his ex, uh military experience, experience yeah uh, at that war that bolivia paraguay war if i'm not if i'm if i'm not mistaken it that that that's the last war between two South American nations, and it was it was in the 30s, the 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 yeah. the, uh, the mid 30s. So um, so yeah, uh, those stories and and oh, that's true. Now that you know what, some some stories are coming back. Uh, I had two uh, great uncles who who fought in that war. Yeah, and they were marked forever. Mm. Uh, my father liked one of them. Yeah, he didn't talk much about the war, but the the other one, my father didn't like because that's pretty much all he talked about. Oh, was, and we're talking about the seventies, forty years later. Yeah, and, uh, and this gentleman, God, man, he 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 started crying. So family reunions uh, with that guy were were a little bit tough because he always talked about the war and he, he and it was just he was still obsessed about it. Um, so yeah, I remember those stories about the war from, again, from one of my, uh, great uncles, because the other one, uh, pretty much refused to, t- uh, to talk about the war. And these were gentlemen uh, from a different era, right? They would still yeah, they were from a different generation. And yeah, they, 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 they were always perfectly dressed up with, and they, 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 they wore a hat and, mm-hmm. but they were the, yeah, especially the, 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 my great great uncle, the one who didn't talk about the war, uh, he is to me. Uh, uh, I consider him a paternal figure in my upbringing. Of course, my father is there, yeah. But this guy was so incredible. He was such a nice guy, incredible guy, uh, a saint. Because my great aunt, his wife, was man. She was a difficult lady. Um, but yeah, he was just the nicest guy. So, um, so yeah, I got some some stories about the war from from one of my uncles. But uh, back then, I really didn't think too much about it. About, but now, yeah, looking back, I mean, that generation was pretty much uh, marked uh, for life because, yeah. and and uh, Bolivia lost that war. So it was it was even worse, I guess. The fact that they had lost so many friends uh, for not right. Mm. Bolivia defeated by Paraguay. 
and it's funny uh, because uh, when I graduated um, from high school, we had uh, what is it called a prom trip, or is that is that a thing in the United States? I think it's, what a field trip. Uh, no, no, no. It's it's a prom trip. So the whole prom travels somewhere. Oh. Uh, and and it, it is common, uh, or at least it was common in Bolivia when I was when when I when I lived there. I don't know if they do that anymore. But say in the mid '80s, when I graduated from high school, we had a great trip. Uh, we went to southern Bolivia, uh, northern Argentina, Paraguay, and Brazil, and then we came back to Bolivia. I we like were, that, though. I like the idea. Yeah, we were away for I believe three weeks. Wow! But in Paraguay, we visited Asuncion, right? This yes. this group of 60 believe 60 to 70 Bolivian kids in Asuncion Paraguay and they have Paris Asuncion Paraguay is a very flat city and they just have one hill or at least the main hill it's it's the whole hill is uh devoted or dedicated uh to the war and of course everything is Paraguay we beat Bolivia you know wow. and it was it was a little bit strange being there because you know, it kind of, yeah, you figure, yeah, I mean, they won the war, I guess it's, they have bragging rights, right? Mm -hmm. But, uh, but it was a little bit uncomfortable being there. And interesting thing about Asuncion, in Paraguay, uh, unlike uh, other nations in South America, um, they speak Guarani, which is, which is another indigenous uh, language, but that, that language is spoken by everybody. All ethnicities, all socioeconomic uh, classes, uh, unlike Bolivia, for instance, who unfortunately, uh, I mean, where unfortunately only indigenous people learn indigenous languages, right? Yeah. Uh, and I think I think that's that's a huge mistake. Mm-hmm. Beautiful languages, incredibly hard to learn. Right. It would be awesome uh, to be able to speak those languages. But in Paraguay, they do it right. And Guarani is a co-official language along with Spanish. And as far as I know, everybody speaks the, the, the Guarani. It's it's taught. It's taught in, in, in schools and everywhere. In schools. Yeah. And in Asuncion, yeah, when you say enter a, a, a store, any store, and they realize that you aim from around there they when they're when they before you enter the store guarani is the main language but once they realize you're not paraguayan uh yeah they they start speaking spanish but i I found out from uh a, a previous guest on my podcast uh she has a youtube channel uh freedom is mine so she covers black diaspora and when she did a video on Paraguay, I'll send you a video on Bolivia. Uh, that's when I even found out that the one she did on Bolivia was when I found out that the Afro community in Bolivia has a king. And I, I didn't know that. Yeah, I, what I, I, know, I wasn't what aware I know of that. Every single nation in Latin America has um, uh, the word that it's used in Latin America now is Afrodescendiente, 
after the yeah. And this is a relatively new term. It's probably 20 years old. Yes. And I think it, it was borrowed from Portuguese, but every single country in Latin America has an Afrodescendiente community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bolivia does too. And here's the really interesting thing, I think, about the Afro-Bolivian community. Of course, they speak Spanish, but they also speak indigenous languages because they interact usually, well, I mean, yeah. they interact with everybody, but... Uh, yeah, they speak Quechua, many of them. They speak Spanish, obviously, and Quechua, because every, I mean, they pretty much interact with Quechua speakers a lot. So, yeah, we've had some very good uh, Afro-Bolivian players as well. Soccer players always mm-hmm. going back. <laughs> always uh, good soccer. Yeah, but, Ramiro, yeah. Cas- Ramiro Castillo played in 94, and he is, uh, you know, an Afro-Bolivian uh, uh, gentleman. He passed away uh, uh. tragically. He was, uh, he's one of the idols of my favorite team. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come to that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I just have to remember to send you her, uh, um, yes, please do that. Her channel. Please do yeah, that. I'll, send, I'll send you the video. Yeah. You, you like, I know that, that they, uh, the, the, the Afro Bolivian music, uh, it's called, uh, what is called Saya, Saya, are okay. all over Bolivia. Um, so yeah, La Saya. Last Saya, so I, that's something yeah, I, I have to check out and add to my mm-hmm. music library because my music library. I, I can send you. I can send you some some links to. Oh, please do, please do. Yeah, I think you're gonna enjoy the music. It's, oh, it's, trust me, I, I I know I will. I'm, I'm, I I got music from everywhere, so yeah, music is one thing I don't because, discriminate with. Yeah, so. it's Afro descendant music, but with an Andean feel to it, mm. right? It has the combination of sounds and and influences, ethnic influences. So yeah. it, it's very different from any other Afro-Latin American uh, music, as far as I can tell. Obviously, I'm not an expert, but uh, yeah, it is different. So mm-hmm. a combination. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I look forward to that. So before we go on our short break, um, one thing that you you said about your. Um, your grand, your grand, your grand uncles, right? Yours, yeah. Your grand great uncles. Great yeah. uncles. I mean, yeah. yeah. Um, that uh, you know, I was glad that you shared about the two of them and not just only um, the one who was quiet. Uh, but it reminded me of uh, the you know veterans who had seen war over here. Um, you know, not everybody is you know. There are people who you know before I got out of service. There were people who. Uh, I knew in service who were like, oh, I got, I have a family member who served in Vietnam. They never talk about mm-hmm. the war. You know, they don't want to talk about mm-hmm. war. I wonder why. And it never dawned on me that there were people I knew in Nigeria who had seen the Civil War, mm-hmm. who were yeah. in the same category and were not open about it. They're not all of them. And it's with time that I will come to realize that there were still many, including those who are still alive, many of them still had PTSD from the war. You know, we didn't have that language for a long time in many places. So they never got proper treatment, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, we just used to call people back in Nigeria, we, we just used to refer to uh, people who fought from the in the, in the old um, the Second World War, where they were referred to as um, an old soldier. You know, we used to have this saying: "Old soldier never dies." 
And mm -hmm. we saw some people who we just said, oh, something was, yeah, some the screw was um, losing their head. We, we didn't under, we didn't know nobody empathized with what they were going through and how it led to the to that person losing their faculties because we don't know what that person saw. We don't know how they were mm -hmm. treated. Well, all the news <laughs> that that person came back from World War II and one day the person just lost it and that person is no longer in their home anymore. They're not roaming the streets. And as kids, you know, we'll see one or two of them and we'll just say, old soldier never dies. And the person was, it was, they will salute. Some of them saluted back and they'll give you a hand salute and we'll just tell it was funny. But with time, you come to realize that, yeah, there's people who saw traumatic stuff. Some of them weren't trained properly for what they went into. They lost their friends. They lost their loved ones and a whole bunch of stuff. And there was no yeah. counseling when they returned back. They were, they were just dumped, literally. It was, it was still painful. Yeah. So how did they go? Oh, another, another war story. Rafael, yeah. uh, sorry to interrupt. No, 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 no. Go ahead. But my my paternal grand uh, grandparents, they met uh, at uh, in in the war during the war. Uh, my grandfather was a physician, so he didn't really get to see combat. Uh, and my grandmother was a nurse, so that's how they met during the war. <laughs> So, yeah, that could be a love story. Yeah, you could write a book about that. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they loved the, I don't think they loved each other very much, but I guess, yeah, I guess they, they, yeah, I think that you, you could say that about there's, that generation. I think that was that's a common theme. <laughs> that generation, that, yeah. I remember that that my grandmother used to call my grandfather by his last name, Ayo. He would never, she would never call him Ulpiano, which was oh, wow. his, his Ayo here, Ayo there. Wow. So that, to me, that was always a little bit strange because, you know, that's what I, that's the reason why I said uh -huh. that. I, I, I I've that seen some, some old people and I'm just like, yeah, that's not going to be my style if I was, you know, if I settle down, or, you know, that's that's what I used to say back when I was single. And I was if I, if I ever settle down, <laughs> that's definitely not gonna be my style. Cause you know, I've, <laughs> I've had conversations with people, and they're like, you see, the, the, our older, our older generation, they knew how to keep a marriage. They stayed together. They never got divorced. And I'm like, have you? Did you take a good look at <laughs> what their marriages was like? You know, did you shine that light? Cause yeah. if you shine that light and you say. That is what you want for yourself as, okay, fine. But there are some people who I've, I've had the opportunity of sitting down with and when, you, when, when people are talking about, oh, I'm, I'm, I hope to find someone I love and they're like, what, what, what are you talking? You people keep talking about this love, love, love. Do you see who I'm married to? We have been together. Um, well, we don't, we, did we do love? I didn't even know who I was going to marry to. They just, on the day of marriage, I showed up. This is who I'm getting married to and I got married. And I'm like, oh, that, that, oh, okay. Now, now it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, like, like the Tina, like the Tina Turner song, right? The Tina Turner song. Right? What's love got to do? What's with love it? got to do with it? <laughs> yeah, you you like, sitting there, they're like, cares. you see, seven children later, the forty years later, we are still here, and you people keep talking yeah. about love, and I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yes. about that. Uh, okay, it makes it makes a lot of sense now. All right, I'm. 
you, you're not, um, I'll just quote my English teacher when I was in junior secondary school and he, he, he used to say, you, you don't teach your grandparents how to eat boiled egg. That was his way of telling you, shut up. Don't, you, you, yeah, exactly. You, can, you can't change. Yeah. Don't, don't bother trying to convince me on. Nah, just you don't teach your grandparents how to eat boiled egg. As soon as they said that, the argument was over. So we were like, all right, yeah. I, I, I just like, all right, my, that's my cue to leave. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we are going to skip forward a little bit and touch on your arrival in the United States, and we are going to also um touch on one team we're still gonna have yes there's still some soccer coming up because there's one team that we haven't talked about yet and y'all will love the name when you hear this name so a short break and we'll be right back hi everyone we've made it two years and who would have thought so so let's go further and make it three make it four make it five make it six who knows 20. But we can't do this without your support. So join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash white label American P-O-D pod or linktree.com slash white label American. Go there and you'll see our Patreon link and you can join us for as low as $3. We have bonus content. We have bonus materials. There's so much juice over there that we don't release to the public. And yeah, you can contribute to making this podcast better send questions you can send your ideas and also there's a lot of new things that are coming the announcements are made on patreon first because we have to you know take care of people who help make this podcast possible so you can be the one to make this podcast what you want it to be come join us on patreon and make it what you like to see join us make it fantastic keep the five stars coming in keep the love coming in thank you for the privilege of your company Welcome back. Thank you for staying with us. So, taking a jump, well, well, a leap forward, you decided to do the coming to America thing, leave family behind, take that leap of faith. What was that like? You know, what led you into making that decision? Mm. I was supposed to come to the U.S. to learn English and then go back home. Oh, really? Uh, yes. It was, the plan was not to stay for too long. But, yeah, one thing led to another and I'm still here. Okay, okay. <laughs> so... I got married here. My children were, were born here, but yeah, uh huh. So, so I just stayed. Uh, oh yeah. wait, wait, wait! Don't, don't, don't go too far. Just we're still sticking with um, you arriving in America. So, uh, you decide you're coming to America to learn English or st study English, right? Right. Okay. So. Do you remember your your flight that you took, the, the airline that you took on your way here? I do. <clears throat> a little bit. It was, it was a little bit scary, 
but I knew my uncle was waiting for me in Florida. So I really didn't mind much. I really loved my uncle. He passed away a few years ago. Um, So I knew I was in good hands. So even though it was a little bit scary, um, it wasn't really that traumatic because I knew I was, I was going to be safe with my uncle and, you know, I, my cousins, et cetera, et cetera. So, so yeah. what what airline was that? Um, it was probably the old LAB, Lloyd Aéreo Boliviano. It was the Bolivian ah. airline uh, that I took back then. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not. So is it is it defunct now? It is now. It's called Boa. Oh well, you you guys still have a, an airline. Online. But the old right. the old was called Lloyd Aéreo Boliviano Lloyd because I think the founder of the airline was a, a gentleman of English descent, oh. hence the last name Lloyd. But in in in, in Bolivia, we would say Lloyd. We would <laughs> but so yeah, so that, that that again, it wasn't traumatic. It wasn't. I don't think it was really that hard. And mm-hmm. once I Florida. I got to stay with my uncle and my cousins and my aunt, obviously. But uh, uh, when in Florida did you arrive at? Uh, Bradenton, Sarasota. That's where that's where my uncle uh, lived. Um, he was a very successful physician, so he lived in a very posh area of the city, very close to the Boletieri Tennis Academy. That's where. Um, Andre Agassi oh. played, and my my cousins went to that school uh, as well, and and I got to meet Monica Seles when she was not famous, she was wow. just because she went to that school as well. So yeah, so it was really fun. I mean, I had fun in Florida because again, I I, I felt very safe uh, with my uncle. He was you know a great guy. He mm-hmm. helped. helped a lot in a way he is the one who convinced me to stay he's like hey you know i'm gonna give you a hand you're gonna be fine why don't you stay and study here you know and then you if you want to you can go back home but yeah so he i i'm very grateful um and um i'm just i'm just a little bit frustrated because i didn't really get to talk to him too much uh uh, before he passed, oh. and that's a regret I'll have for the rest of my life. Right? I should have, I should have called the guy a little bit more often because yeah. he was so instrumental in my staying in the United States mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, and making the transition so so smooth for me. Yeah. Right? It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't really. A, yeah. It's it's all thanks to him. I think we all need that that figure to help us out. Uh, and I, uh, yeah. So I, I think I've been, I, I've locked out. I've had very good uh, male models in my life. Uh, you know, male, male figures yeah. that have shaped the man I am today. Yeah, and and my uncle, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's an important person in my life. So, um, but I didn't stay in Florida. Yeah, I, well, to, I was going to ask because... Yeah, I went to. You, you arrived in Florida, and it, it, it looked like it would have been. But before I even, yeah, it, would, it looked like everything would have been. There's a there's a um, sliding door that would 
a slightly dumb moment that would have been that would have ended up with you staying in Florida, settling down in Florida, and would have made sense for your story <laughs> to just be in Florida. But you chose not to settle in Florida. But before I go to that question mm-hmm. of why you didn't choose to settle in Florida, what was the first, let's call it culture shock, that um, culture shock moment after you arrived in America that made you say, okay, I'm no longer in Bolivia. This is this is America. What was the first one that you remember? The sea. Oh yeah, but but Bolivia is landlocked. It's landlocked, and I come from the Andes. <laughs> I come from the mountains. Yeah, uh, snow-capped mountains around the city. Mm-hmm. You know, being next to the sea, that it was not my first time in Florida because we had visited my uncle a couple of times before that. Okay, with my mom and my my siblings, but this time I was staying in Florida. I knew I was going to stay there for a while. And I don't know if it's a cultural shock. Uh, I don't know if you would call it a cultural shock, but I was just, yeah, in awe of being by the sea. It was, it, yeah, it's always it's always interesting to hear Bolivians talk about their, their you know, their, the, the, the first time seeing the sea uh, because we have Lake Titicaca, but it's not the same, right? But uh, so, yeah. Uh, in McDonald's. I loved McDonald's from the get-go. <laughs> didn't have McDonald's back then in Bolivia. This was, again, the mid-80s. Yeah. So, again, not a cultural shock per se, but yeah, it was it was great. I just loved uh, McDonald's, and I still do. <laughs> so, so uh, yeah. you know, you know why I'm <laughs> laughing? It was like a bunch of us, you know, we, we, we arrive in America, and, we, we, I'm, I'm, and by us, I mean, mostly, I'm referring to some of my Nigerians, including myself, and it's like, we're not going to be doing what black people do in America. We're not going to be around McDonald's. These black people go there, and, 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 <laughs> you know, so it's like, no, McDonald's, any fast food, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to eat there. I'm, I'm classy. I got class. And I'm like, man, go eat there, man. Go, if you're listening... Yeah, go, go, go eat there. If you want to eat, eat there, man. You don't have to eat there twenty four seven, but eat there. You know, treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. And ah. I, I made I made a lot of friends from day one. So that was I met an Italian guy who was from from Calabria. Wow, and he was a really cool guy. He was my age, maybe a little bit older. Uh, and he was a cook. He he was a cook at a at an Italian uh, restaurant. A really cool guy. He would speak um, his dialect with his brother. I got to know his brother as well. And he was a really really good friend. Um, so yeah. And he would talk about uh, the drangita. Drangita is the the uh Calabrian uh version of the the mafia oh so he, he would he would this was he would repeat this ad nauseum uh yeah a mafia is in Sicily Camorra in Naples but in Calabria is the so okay. uh, yeah. uh so he would always he was even a little bit I could sense a little bit of pride where he talked about the ndrangita 
Florida. Um, I have an aunt in Arizona. Uh, this uncle of mine uh, was my father's brother. Yeah. And this aunt is a, was my father's only sister. So she's the one who pretty much said, hey, come here. There's a really good university. You're going to like it here. And that's how I ended up, I ended up in, in, in Arizona because of her. And another important person in my life, uh, uh, my aunt uh, and my uncle, a very, very nice gentleman. They're still around, by the way. Um, so they're in their uh, 80s now. Um, yeah. But uh, so I have cousins in Arizona as well. And yeah, so the, the transition was pretty, pretty painless, really. And that's that's where I met my future wife in uh, in Arizona. In Arizona, yeah. So, mm -hmm. did that make your uh, transitioning smooth? Like, because now you're coming from Florida, totally different climate to Arizona. How did that? Because wait, is Arizona closer to Bolivia's climate, or how was climate-wise? What what was it like for you? Because now you you from Bolivia, you you are from uh, La Paz, you come to I don't want to say Bolivia, I say La Paz to uh, Florida, and then from there you go to Arizona. So what what's the climate-wise? You you it's like you you're switching between some places. That's quite interesting. Yeah, a uh, landscape-wise. It's very similar because okay. it's dry and with very little vegetation. La Paz, you know, it's dry with very little veget vegetation. Arizona, Arizona is also, you know, dry and with very little vegetation. But the difference is the temperature. Mm. Arizona is really hot and La Paz is very cold. Um, but yeah, I think I got used to the to the heat uh, fast. And, but yeah, that was, that was, uh, that was a huge difference there. And also, uh, ethnically very different, right? Because Arizona has a lot of Mexican influence, um, as opposed to Florida that has more, uh, Cuban, Cuban. feel or yeah. American Caribbean feel to, oh, yes. to it. So Arizona is mainly, um, yeah, uh, people of Mexican descent from Mexico and also families who've lived in Arizona forever, uh, and a lot of indigenous um, uh, nations as well, right? And that was really interesting to to relate to because La Paz is, you know, a, 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 the, the indigenous population is very prevalent in La Paz. So to me, that was very interesting to 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 get to know people, uh, uh, you know, of indigenous descent in Arizona with uh, obviously a very different culture, very different history. Yes, but. Uh, some similarities as well. I befriended many of them, and it was great to hear them speak their own language. And and and, and yeah, because it, the the indigenous um, people in Arizona they have a very strong culture. Many of them, I mean, 
this was in the 80s. I don't know. It's it's changed a lot. But back then, yeah, kids would still speak some of the indigenous languages. I don't know if that's changed or not. But yeah, I got to meet many, many um, Americans, right, of, of, of indigenous descent uh, who, who spoke uh, their native languages. So that was that was great. And in Arizona, uh, the University of Arizona, of Arizona has uh, had and still has uh, a, a very diverse population. Um, it's not, unlike Tennessee, which is very much, you know, just uh, uh, it's much more uh, uh, homogenous. Yeah. But Arizona, yeah, in Arizona, you get to see you get to see people from all over the world uh, attracts it uh, uh, the university of arizona attracts uh, attracts a lot of students from the middle east or uh northern africa so you get to hear arabic and you get to meet a lot of people of, Ar- of arabic descent in, in in arizona as well at least in in, in, in you know the, 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 the in college yeah uh, so yeah <clears throat> oh, that's cool so um you you remember any of the similarities between indigenous uh, people that you met in Arizona and um, those that you encountered in La Paz? Yeah, a lot of similarities, but like I said, also a lot of differences. Right? Oh yeah. Um, uh, the the indigenous uh, indigenous uh, people of indigenous descent in Arizona are are, are very are a minority. Right, but uh, whereas people of, indi- of indigenous descent in La Paz, they are pretty much the majority. Uh, so that that's that's a big difference as well, mm. Mm. Uh, politically, socially, culturally. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> so from Arizona, you will now end up in Tennessee. Was that right away or was there a, a gap in between? Yeah, well, I started graduate school and I got my degree in uh, Spanish literature. In, in, in academia, you end up wherever there's an opening. You cannot pretty much pick, pick and choose where you want to go. So, yeah, my first teaching job was in Illinois and <clears throat> at a small... Uh, University called Millican in Decatur, Illinois. And Decatur, Illinois is, I think, I've had Decatur. Three hours south, three hours south of Chicago. Yeah. And that, that was a big change for me. Because I, I, for, I was just going to ask. <laughs> for the first time in my life, I really knew what cold weather was. I mean, <laughs> cold weather. Because La Paz is cold and yeah. we complain. Oh, we paseños, we complain a lot about oh how cold La Paz is so cold. But when you go to that part of the country, you really know what you know <laughs> is all about. When it's you know when it's like you know 10, 15 degrees degrees below zero, mm-hmm. man, that's 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 a big, big change. And yeah, I mean it's four o'clock in the afternoon and it's already dark in the in you know in winter Oof. Time. Oof. and uh it snows it, it was yeah it was it was hard but it was it was fun i was young you know my kids were small and uh so yeah and my second teaching job was at, at, in tennessee uh 
and yeah, I've been in Tennessee since 2000. So, would you mind coming up not again if the opportunity presented itself? It, it's it's a little bit hard in academia because of what of what I just told you. Yeah, and I know. The market is is not is not uh, yeah it's not it's in. It's not in uh, uh, it's not in very good shape uh, today. Um, plus, I have tenure here. I'm up for promotion. Hopefully next year. So yeah, it would have to be something very, very enticing. Something really you know major for me to to move. Uh, but it it could happen. I don't know. Anything can happen in life, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm here. I I, I like it. Uh, and professionally has you know i've been i've been well I've, i've been in good shape so yeah so it would be very hard to to move really mm-hmm. hey that that's that's all we ask for as far as you like it and you're being treated right just nothing more to ask for and the the weather in tennessee also the, the climate there suits you Yes, because uh, seasons are not too extreme. Uh, winters here are, you know, they're not anything like Illinois. <laughs> Winter is manageable for the yeah. most part. And summertime is, is, is okay. But this year, man, I don't oh, know. Man. It's really hot. It's global. It's global. Yeah, I know it is. I know it is. But... Uh, So yeah, it it is hot and humid, which mm-hmm. is it's a little bit unusual for this part of the country. Yeah, it's climate change. It's uh, oof. It's just. But I like it. I like it because it, it's green. Yeah. Again, after living in you know in La Paz and then and then Arizona, uh, yeah, Tennessee is a great change of, of scenery, right? I mean, everything's green. It's just beautiful. Right? Uh-huh. Just going down. Uh-huh. Okay. It's just it's just gorgeous, right? Yeah. Uh, mountains are not too far from here, so yeah, you can go hiking and uh, yeah. So it's so it's, you have it's almost the perfect balance that you have. It is. It is. I think so. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, with all the moving that you've done, you know, uh, when it comes to food. Mm-hmm. Where's your your favorite food from? You know, the, what's your favorite cuisine that you've had? I know you've mentioned I, McDonald's, so I, I don't know. You, my, <laughs> I don't know if anything can beat McDonald's, but hey, we'll, we'll, we'll give it a try. You'd be surprised, but I would have to say Nigerian cuisine. Wow! A bunch of Nigerians are jumping up right now, <laughs> calling their Ghanaian friends, saying, "You see, I told you." I, told you. <laughs> I, I wish I knew more about uh, Nigerian food, but I don't. Uh, uh, I, I like I like all kinds of foods, uh, and here in Knoxville, you find uh, a lot of of ethnic restaurants. Uh, not that well known; they're not you know big yeah. chains like that but just uh, last week i went to yasin which is a syrian restaurant oh. it's, a, it's a little bit fast food ish mm-hmm. really good and i have a friend who's lived in the middle east and she knows a lot about um arabic food in general and all you know each country yeah. obviously 
is, is different. But yeah, so I really enjoyed that. But my favorite food, I would have to say, I, I like Italian food. Mm. I really like Italian food. Uh, so yeah, Italian. Olive Garden. Just kidding. Olive Garden is good, though. It is good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. But you find some nice little Italian places here. And yeah, you can find some really good food. uh, Some really good food. uh, Really good Italian food here. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's good. So, um, you have one of your strongest ties to uh, back home. Is your favorite soccer team or football yes, team? <laughs> yeah. And I remember, I just noticed since I've heard that name, the name of your team in the 90s, that, that name has, has it, it just completely erased every other team from Bolivia. I, I don't think I have any other club in Bolivia's name stuck to my head. Just your club's name just stuck to my head. So that's the only name. Ne- that's the only name you need to know. <laughs> that's the only. You don't need to know any other name. That's so, the team. <laughs> so for the listeners, can you tell them the name of your favorite football team and how you became a fan? Yeah. Um, well, the name is the name is in English the strongest. But we call it uh, El Strongest. El Strongest. Or the nickname of the team is El Tigre because wow. of, of the, the uniform, yeah. right? Uh, so, yeah. So that's my favorite team. It's the second oldest team in Bolivia. Uh, I think it was founded in 1905, 1907. And uh, so, yeah, that would explain the the, the English name, right? Like yeah. all those Argentinian teams like Racing and Boca Juniors and River Plate, so the the strongest kind of makes sense in that in that context. Uh, but yeah, but it's usually we usually call call it El Tigre, right? And we su- support El Tigre. And I became a fan because my father was a fan, and be, and my grandfather before him. So it's it's a family tradition. Yeah. So it just goes back several <laughs> generations. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so so who's, who's your who's your main rival? God, are you gonna are you gonna make me say the name of my main rival? Okay, that, that's, that's how that's <laughs> how big you guys are. I don't even know who your rival is. I'm like, I yeah. just know the strongest. That's all. Like when when you ask me about teams from other countries, I can tell you who's your <laughs> rival. I can name two, three. And I'm like the strongest. That's all. Bolivia is the strongest. That's all. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the name of the of the main of our main main rival is Bolivar. Oh yes, yes. Now I remember. <laughs> yeah, that's those uh, are the the two main La Paz teams. Yeah, uh, the biggest. Yeah, oh, biggest teams in in La Paz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had that new I was like, wow, the strongest. Wow, this is nah, this this it just yeah, I don't know. I don't think I can and just name wise, I don't think any other team can compete with this name. It's just it's kind of it's not fair. Like who you play today the strongest? Nah, man. You can just three nil, you lost. Bye. Go home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoever Came up with that name. That that yeah. That, that person just deserves a statue right there. Just give that person a statue. That that is yeah. yeah 
that's a good team. That's a good name. I agree. Good name. Good name. And it's a good nickname too. Yeah. I mean, come on, that's, that's a pretty yeah. powerful uh, icon. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I love that. I love that. It's one of those that stayed with me forever. It was just I can't recall. I know it was in the nineties uh, when we used to have. The South American football show. I think that's what it was called. But it was a roundup of South American um, leagues, you know, the highlights every week. I know. On, we on, don't on have too team. many of those shows. Nah, we, don't we don't have those shows anymore it's, it's, with highlights. It's, uh, uh, everything is it's so European-focused now. And um, this, was, this was at a time when you 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 had to go look for an EPL fan you had to you were scouting you were you just you had to dig where the EPL you couldn't find an EPL fan it was ah, until the end of the 90s EPL fans started becoming um, a, a common thing but, yeah. yeah in the i think there's there's i don't know if it's a PR problem or oh, just PR was part of it because at the, at the like, time the Brazilian Argentinian leagues were much bigger in the world. Yeah. And you can still watch South American uh, soccer, uh, but you have to know where to find it. Yeah. You might pay extra money and it yeah. has to do with uh, television rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, that's, a, that's all part of it too. It's like <laughs> my watching African football, the way I can only watch the African Champions League and Nations Cup and even that it's it's, it's that's it yeah and in South it's America terrible. Yeah. the marketing the PR is still terrible and I still pay more money for that so yeah it's it's sad yeah because it, it, I think South Americans uh, this you know the South American tournaments the main uh, continental tournament is uh, Copa Libertadores yes right uh, Liberators Cup. Uh, and uh, I think it's at times can be even more exciting than than the Champions League, because in the Champions League you know that the winner is going to come out of a group of what five or six teams. Mm-hmm. In South America, you never know who's going to win. It's really hard to predict. Anybody can win, really. And uh, I think uh, in that sense. Uh, the Champions League in particular has become a little bit predictable, right? It's just a handful of teams that can win it. Yeah, uh, it has to come from Spain, uh, England. And maybe uh, Germany. Germany, Bayern, uh, PSG. Yeah. But in South America, just look at the last 10 champions. Yes, they're mostly Argentinian and Brazilian teams. But uh, not the same. I mean, it could be River, Boca, and you have four or five Brazilian teams that can win it. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's a little bit less predictable. And, and, and it's very exciting. This, yeah, you know, I think, uh, yeah, every other continent, even African and Asian Cups is similar. The competition is much more fierce, fierce yeah. and enjoyable. But it's just... The PR behind it is like, uh, where would, yeah, I mean, and it's true. European teams have the money; they 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 healed the best yep. players in the world. Yeah, but even, even the channels that have it, like I know the channel that has the same channel has the African Cup and Copa Libertadores, and they do yeah. advertise Copa at least. But mm-hmm. Afcon, they didn't even advertise Afcon and. 
Uh, remember, we were going, myself and um, my Egyptian Syrian brother went, we were watching, I think it was the semi, it was the final, semi final, no, semi finals of the African Cup of Nations uh, this year. And we went to a pub and they had to switch to, they, they had like this illegal, uh, it was a big pub in Brooklyn, by the way. But they apparently had both the regular cable and then they had like the backup cable because regular cable will be the, the channel that has the rights will be inserting commercials mm -hmm. in the middle of the yeah. game. And, that's horrible. And I'm that's like, blasphemous. What, what, what are you doing? In yeah, the middle that's of terrible. the game, you're inserting commercials. And I'm like, how is this? And I'm like, come on. This is, yeah. The, but when they had La Liga, yeah. the rights to La Liga, they weren't. They, didn't, they never did that with La Liga. Oh. You never did that with La Liga. You don't do that with. Um, they they have they still have the rights to uh, the French league. They don't do that with the French league. You don't do that no. with the live game. But you have African Cup of Nations going on. Oh, you go and start running commercials when the, the match is on. So now the, I, I, like I don't. I just watched the highlights of even the women. The women's African Cup is going on. I'm like I'm, I, I, after the mess that they did with the men's cup, I'm like, for the men, you did that. What were you gonna do with the women's? So I just watched the highlights because the experience yeah. was it wasn't a, it wasn't an enjoying enjoyable experience. And there was no yeah. there was no nobody in the studio. So halftime they just go straight no commercials, commercials, commercials. No but no analysis, nothing. I'm like you couldn't hire two three Africans to come talk about. I know it's it's so it doesn't it's, make any sense. Yeah, yeah, it's just weird. But yeah. and the African Cup of Nations is another very exciting uh, tournament because you never know who's going to win. Exactly. It, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's so it's that makes it very exciting because in Europe it's usually the the you know it's the usual suspects. Yes. So, Spain, Germany, uh, Italy, mm -hmm. France, and and that's it. Right. Well, yeah, it's just disappointing seeing that, and ah, but that's that's where that's what it is. Yeah, and that's one thing I miss about um watching. That's one thing I enjoy about watching tournaments outside of America because it's like, yeah, everything is like, oh, so if it's not a Premier League, uh, what else? I'm like, ah, come on, there are other tournaments, there are people who exist in the world, you know. <laughs> but and, and they they have ex and, and you can you can watch exciting games with really good players yeah many in europe i mean if you want yeah they're very it, well you, there's, there's options and you should allow people have the right and you should make it exciting for everybody and then people can decide you shouldn't just be like oh only one league gets all the excitement and then people go and be like oh yeah i, I only watch the premiership because it's exciting They've told you it's exciting. <laughs> that's why you think it's exciting. You haven't seen any other thing that looks exciting like that. That's all you think that's exciting. Why wouldn't you think that's exciting? That's all you know. <laughs> you don't see exactly. anything that comes close to exciting. But when you watch Copa, you, you're like, oh, wow, they play. They, I don't know any of the players here, but it's exciting. This is great. You watch the Asian Champions League, you're like, wow, this, yeah, they're playing, yes, it's ex of course it's going to be exciting, but you can't give it a chance because nobody mentioned exciting. So 
There's no crazy marketing. And I'm like, oh, please, people. Ah, but enough of that. Let's come back to fun stuff. So I have to start wrapping up. Uh, you've given me enough of your time. We'll definitely have to arrange a palm wine session. Well, we're gonna yes. get you palm wine. <laughs> of course. You still you still haven't uh, had palm wine, right? I have not. Oh, wow. Because okay. I'm still waiting for you to okay. buy. The, okay, okay. The yeah. first round, at least. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So when I when I get to your palm wine, I'm, I'm gonna give you the full palm wine treatment. I'm gonna add something special. It's not just gonna be palm wine. You're gonna get palm wine and the extra stuff to go with palm wine. Then you're gonna be like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. So. <laughs> Before we get to the final question, we're going to touch music. So you've mentioned one part of music already, but every guest on this podcast, we consider them to be dancers. So, you know, it's automatic. Okay. As soon as you appear on this show, even if you don't know how to dance, all you got to do is appear on this show and automatically crown a dancer. If you say, okay, if, you still, if you still claim you cannot dance, then we have to stop recording and kick you out. But, yeah. I can dance, I can dance. <laughs> Not very well, but I dance. I enjoy dancing. <laughs> nah, nah, it's all good, it's all good. So, we need you to dance for at least an hour. Don't worry, we're not recording that. We're not doing all that. But, you know, let's say you need to dance for an hour or you, you know, if you're enjoying yourself. And, you know, so you're going for an hour. Give us at least three artists that can keep you dancing, shaking your body for an hour and you can't give us like the most popular names michael jackson's and all you know you're gonna give us names from bolivia you know some names that we don't know you can give us some other south american names that's fine but not the most you know give us names that we are discovering you know we, we need some names that we can add to our ever-growing playlist um that's a good question um i mentioned uh saya yes. earlier Afro-Bolivian uh, dance, and there's a group called Wara, my W A R A. That's my favorite Bolivian uh, group, and they play all kinds of um, different uh, different dances and different uh, types of Bolivian music. And they also add a little bit of of, uh, of more rock and modern and jazz okay. other songs. Not all of them, so. Um, yeah, there are, I'm not a very good Saya dancer because they, they have very specific steps, that follow. but yeah, that would be, I think, uh, a good, a good place to start. All right. uh, they, they, and another, another more traditional, uh, 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 type of Bolivian dance would be, uh, Cueca. Cueca. Uh, it's 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 a it's a it's an older type of music um still very popular to this day and it's again it's hard to dance you gotta know the steps mm. and it's just, uh you have to be waving uh you know some kind of napkin or uh while you dance oh, so okay. really hard what my younger brother is really good at, at cueca and saya uh, now in bolivia Bolivia is known for for their uh, for Mardi Gras. They have it's called Carnaval there, and yeah, they, and and 
it's a huge celebration. You have all kinds of groups, massive groups, sometimes with 100, 200 members, and they have their own band and they parade through the streets of La Paz and Oruro, which is the fourth largest city in, in Bolivia. And I can send you a link as well. Uh, and it's, it's, it's great because uh, there are different types of dances and all these dances come with uh, not only different types of music, different rhythms, but also different, um, what is it? Clothing. Oh, they have okay. clothing, yeah. uh, very colorful usually. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, and yeah, that's pretty spectacular. Uh, attracts a, a lot of tourists from from all over the world, re- really. So, mm. but again, I, I don't know how to dance most of those because they're they're very hard to dance, and, right. and also because of the difference for the very specific steps that you have to follow. Yeah. It's not a question of start, you know, to you know you to start jumping around. No, you really have you really know how to uh, how to you really know how you really need to know the 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 right steps and uh so yeah but that's pretty spectacular to to watch and my younger brother is really into that kind of uh celebrations and he's really good at it and he belonged to one of those groups that i that i mentioned before with hundreds of of members and uh, and yeah that's a pretty spectacular um event uh, well, but it's, what time uh, of the year do they have the kind of route? Usually it's in February. Okay. So it's very hard to, to get to Bolivia in February, right? So, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, you can, you can, when it's on, you can probably catch it on live stream, et cetera, et cetera. But, okay. But, mm. but it's, 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 it's a fascinating uh, event. Uh because of the of, of the different types of music and the yeah. different clothing, clothes that, that each group uh, in each special each dance, each dance has its own set of of, of of clothes and 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 so yeah, that makes it pretty pretty exciting because it's just so so varied, right? It's yes. uh, yeah, so mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Something I would love to see. An experience one day. So we've gotten to the final question. We, we could go on mm. and on, but um, I, I have to end and go home because uh, my, my little one probably, uh, hopefully she's <laughs> asleep, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. She's still <laughs> using the excuse of Papa is not home, so I have to be awake. I'm like, go to bed. <laughs> but um, final question. What would you like to leave the audience with? Could be from... One of your travels could be from one of your materials that you use for class. Anything. It's your freestyle moment. Go to Bolivia. It's a fascinating country. Uh, has natural beauty. Uh, you should. Uh, one of the places you have to visit is the Salt Flats of Uyuni. Oh, Beautiful. yeah. I've seen that. I've seen photos. Uh, it's just magnificent. Uh, but if you're more into the adventure type of traveling, you could go uh, to northeastern Bolivia and uh, to the Amazon area, the Amazon zone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and you can get to see the bufeos, 
Buffales are dolphins, river dolphins, and they are pink river. Oh. Uh, they're magnificent little animals, uh, and you should go before they become extinct. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. But it's hard to get to where they live. You really have to travel. And again, if you're more of an adventurous type of traveler, I think that would be a great uh, place to visit. Uh, and Bolivia has beautiful cities. La Paz uh, is a fascinating city. Um Sucre, the capital, is, is beautiful because, because La Paz became the capital, well, the government seat about 120 years ago, Sucre has remained, uh, has kept its colonial feel uh, almost intact. Mm. I mean, this has obviously modern areas as well, yeah. but uh, the buildings are very old, and it, it is it is a colonial city um, that uh, again has. It's kind of like it's uh, yeah. It's kind of like time hasn't really passed uh, in that particular city because wow. because of that, right? It's it's. Uh -huh. it's it's been pretty much allowed to remain a colonial city. So yeah, visit Bolivia. I think that would be my my main pitch here. It's a fascinating uh, uh, country, and, and yeah, there are so many things to do and so many places to visit, and so many kinds of different types of traveling that you can that you can experience in Bolivia. Awesome. But, uh, so yeah, that would be I think my my final. Um, my final words, yeah. Okay. So do you have anything you would like to plug in? Well, you've already plugged in Bolivia. So mm -hmm. <laughs> I always ask if a guest has anything to plug in before wrapping I, up. Yeah, I was, yeah. <laughs> I ruined your last question. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. <laughs> but anyway, thank you. Thank you. For no, thank you for having this. me. This has been so much fun. That's uh, beautiful. Uh -huh. um, as my people say, umbana. That's thank you, my language. Umbana. Yes. Yeah. So, like yeah. So appreciate you always. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely have our palm wine session. And let's we'll, keep let in touch. Oh, let's we'll, keep in we'll, touch. We will. We, 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 mm -hmm. we got each other. We we'll definitely stay in touch. So for everyone listening, don't forget to come back next week. We'll have another great episode. And hey, go to Bolivia. All right? Yes, sir. Thank you for the privilege <laughs> of your company. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.